Hi, this is James Mercer from The Shins. This is Shirley Manson. This is Low Tallest, co-founder of The Cure. This is Huey Lewis giving you the story behind the song. The story behind the song is back with an exciting second season. We peel back the layers on music's most iconic hits with legendary artists like The Killers, Heart, The B-52s, Violent Femmes, Jewel, Huey Lewis, Modern English, and more. To keep the music flowing, we'll be sprinkling in classic episodes from our archives between each new one. So check out the story behind the song wherever you get your podcast. Do you read Stephen King? Good news. There's a club for you. The Losers Club. And guess what? You don't have to die at the hands of a shape-shifting clown to join. No, all you have to do is tune in every Friday as us losers journey through the never-ending wastelands of King's Dominion. Each week, we'll either spend hours reading between the pages of one of his books or chew on his latest tweets and Hollywood headlines. What's more, we're always having guests over. Thomas Jane, Mick Garris, Jerry O'Connell, Mary Lambert, Will Wheaton, and the list goes on. So what are you waiting for? Join us as we read on through long days and pleasant nights. Consequence Podcast Network. Hey, welcome to another edition of Kyle Meredith with. It's an audio interview series presented by WFPK Independent Louisville at WFPK.org. Consequence of Sound and the Consequence Podcast Network. Uh, I would love it. You'd do me a huge favor if you would hit the subscribe button before we get started right here. We uh, we put our interviews out every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at Consequence of Sounds. And, uh, and, of course, you can subscribe anywhere you're getting a podcast from. If you're hearing this right now, maybe at YouTube or Spotify, uh, iTunes, or Apple Podcasts. Uh, we'd love to keep you up to date with all the ones that's coming out. I'm Kyle Meredith. Today, my guest is Lucy Dacus. She had a busy 2018, of course, releasing the record Historian and then getting together with uh, Boy Genius. And she's already got new music on the way. Maybe you've heard her cover of La Vie and Rose. In fact, she's going to be putting out uh, covers and originals all throughout this year and an EP that she's calling 2019. So we're going to hear about how this all came to be, and we'll hear about some of both the covers and the originals and how they're tied to holidays, but also special holidays like Bruce Springsteen's birthday or the start of Taurus season. We also get to hear about the work she did in Boy Genius and how that's uh, influenced her current writing, and we'll get an update on what she's got planned next. Lucy says she's already working on a new record, getting ready to demo even, so we'll get a little preview what we can expect from those songs as well. It's Kyle Meredith with Lucy Dacus. Hey, Kyle. How's it going? So this year, though, we get to, we get a collection of songs. The uh, the 2019, I don't know if you're calling it an album or an EP or just a collection, but it's all covers, right? Well, actually, half of them are originals. Uh, a lot of them are covers. Well, four covers, three are originals, but I think we're calling it an EP. Uh, I didn't know about the original side of it. So these are brand new songs? Yeah. The next one is an original. I, I just have these songs and these covers that I've been recording with not without really knowing like where they would go and um i kind of like realized they had all of this in common all of them had like sort of a temporality in common so putting them out over the course of the year around their respective like time periods made sense and i, I know that they, they were called uh, the holiday songs kind of at the at the first glance as everyone kind of ran with that but of course uh holidays is uh is used a little bit liberally right there but i, I mean i don't know i mean springsteen's birthday i guess uh-huh. it could be a holiday to someone uh, and, and maybe that's you it's a holiday in the the Dacus household for sure. Uh, like, how big of a hero is this guy? I mean, that's a stupid question, by the way, because I feel like Bruce is a, a hero for all of us. Yeah, um, he's my dad's favorite artist. He's the, pretty much 
like one of the only people that my dad like listens to. <laughs> he just like listens to Bruce nonstop. And I hated him as a middle schooler, like around that age, because I was just like being rebellious and like not wanting to just take on my parents' music taste. But over time, you know, after listening for however many hundreds of hours I probably listened to, just like being in the car with my dad, there's no denying that he's like one of the best songwriters alive. And like he's such a, a poet and um, the arrangements on his songs are super creative as well. He, he manages to pack in uh, a lot of joy, but also really earnest material. You know, like I, I think that a lot of people are influenced by him, whether they know it or not. It's it's interesting because I think a lot of us do that. We rebel against that music that our parents liked and, and, and eventually it always comes back. I did this same thing with Bob Seger. Like I, my teenage years, I, I wouldn't even let myself hear the songs because I was afraid I like them. And then, of course, I love Bob Seger songs. And, you know, and, and, and there were so many examples of that. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's funny how that happens. Yeah, I think it's cute, though. I feel like it's a cute moment when you realize, like, wait, my parent has good taste. It's, it's like part of growing up. It's an important step. Well, you know, as far as the covers on this, I started thinking about, you know, sort of in contrast to your most previous record. You have that line in Night Shift about hoping these songs eventually feel like a cover. And I thought, you know, with how weighty some of the, uh, you know, the context of some of those songs could be, I, I, I can understand why you would want that to happen. But I don't know. It would seem to me like uh, doing covers like this would allow some breathing room away from some of those, you know, telling that same story over and over and over. Yeah, absolutely. Covers, I feel like, are a celebration. You know, you only do a cover of a song if you, you like it. And I feel like, if anything, I'm, you know, making PSAs for people to go listen to the originals of all of these songs. Like, I think La Vie en Rose is already a perfect song. And, like, I, I didn't cover it to try and improve upon it. I just covered it out of love for it. And, yeah, I think after, like, maybe kind of a weighty album, I wanted to do something kind of like fun and I don't know I feel like the pressure's off with this like nobody was asking for it but I'm able to just give it and share it with people really uh, casually like I don't know I feel like absolutely zero stress about these songs coming out because I don't know they, they just are all of them are celebrations even the originals I feel like are you know standalone just like yeah celebrations yeah, yeah and, and, and since you brought up Lovey and Rose I mean that's a perfect example of what I personally want out of a cover because a lot of times is you know it covers are nice enough but you know it's just people covering the song and that's just it but but you actually add something to that which is probably saying a lot because we're talking about one of the all-time greatest songs of all time you know and and, and to give something else yeah, to that song agree. i mean that's that's everything yeah i'm i'm glad that you see it like that i didn't want to be you know doing sacrilege either i feel like that was my one concern was that people were like the original's perfect why would you touch this it's like no i i agree i feel like I want more people to hear it or hear it in a different context what well, what else do we i mean what else can i learn about the uh, the originals then are are these are they leftovers, you know, from the last records? Or, I mean, what, what's what can you tell me about them? They're not really leftovers. Like, I, I don't write with an album in mind. I just write and then see, like, what themes are coming out. And so these are songs that didn't really fit on any albums, and I don't think they would in the future because they are really self-contained and about the time that they're going to come out. Like, the next song is about tourist season, and it's about me and my mom, who are both Tauruses, and Mother's Day is also in tourist season, and 
so it's an original that's about that you know it doesn't feel right to like crowd it with other material like it's about that time it should come out in that time and just like rest there and yeah I am glad that we're finding a place to put them out because otherwise they'd just be sitting on my computer or something you know I knew that I wanted them recorded like I, I try to record things whether I'm going to share them or not but I'm glad that Matador was down to do this kind of like atypical release plan. Are, are you a big believer in astrology? Do you, do, you, do you keep up with the periods of the year and the horoscopes? I think that my guitarist Jacob says it in the best way. He says it's not real, but I believe in it. <laughs> you know, like I don't. I'm not owned by it the way some people are. I'm not like a a worshiper of astrology, but I do really like it, and I feel like it's a good entry point to think about yourself and like reflect, and also to talk about yourself to other people. Like when people talk about their signs, immediately they can tell you like, oh, and I resonate with this parts and not these other parts, and so you have a rough template for how they identify and what their personality is like just from talking a little bit about these preordained identities. And I don't know, it's been a really growing experience. Like I, I get how people think that it can be like tacky or hokey or diminutive or just like not real. <laughs> But I like anything that allows people to talk about themselves in a deep way as quickly as possible because I think that, you know, it's hard to find time to, like, really get to know people, especially for us that tour, you know, like being in a different city every night. It's it's nice to have these, like, cultural touchstones that allow for depth. I've never thought of it like that. I can appreciate that a little bit more. So this all comes on the heels, though. Uh, you know, th- th- this new 2019 project comes on the heels of, of what looked like a really busy year for you. I mean, Historian comes out, and there's the Boy Genius record. I mean, you're not wasting I- any time with this. But I did want to ask about, you know, Boy Genius, too. I mean, sp- having having that kind of project, were you able to pick up any new songwriting tricks from that experience? I don't know about tricks, but I feel like all of our confidence went up, you know, because we all write individually and have, you know, our own self-doubt or our own filters that don't let us say certain things. And um, we just trust each other with half-formed ideas and we're able to save each other's ideas from the trash can, you know. And I think that I've found such, like, trusted opinions in Phoebe and Julian as writers. So now, like, whenever we have demos, like, sometimes we'll send them to each other and like talk through content and um, phrasing and yeah it's just nice to have people that I trust who are in a similar place of life to me that I don't know can care about the music and that that part of its life you know like totally unborn like baby song it's like I don't know for our songs I feel like we're all we're mothers to the songs equally I mean, we, we love Bite the Hand, of course. I mean, we, we still play that so much and, and so often. I, I did wonder, though, you know, given, you know, awesome. yeah, given some of the lyrics, does that come from the same storyline as some of the songs that Historian represented? I think so. I know that, like, Bite the Hand has a lot to do with your relationship to fans and just um, not wanting to, you know, play to the peanut gallery, I think is. I think David Bowie said that one. Um, but, you know, trying to stay true to yourself, but also respectful to the people that literally give you your job, but also dealing with the disrespect, intentional or un- unintentional of people that think they're being kind, but are really just encroaching on your privacy and, like, taking liberties with your, your space and your energy that you don't have. And I think that all of us have experienced guilt sometimes when we don't engage with audiences, but then also, like, on 
personal note, like when I go out after shows, sometimes people ask for my number or ask me to go home with them or, you know, touch my lower back or kiss me on the cheek without asking. It's like really taxing. And so not everyone's like that, but there's enough people like that that it just creates a lot of like anxiety. And so I think all three of us could relate. And that song is, uh, so that's specifically where it came from for me. But luckily I think it's a general enough song that it can be about any relationship where somebody's asking too much of you and you need to step away. Right. I'm going to ask this then very awkwardly and respectfully. And with what you're saying and and with what has been going on with Phoebe's life, with her in the news and, and what she's been talking about, I, I guess what I wondered is, you know, how has the support system between the three of you all been during this time? It's been amazing. I mean, we talk on our group texts most days, and I think that we all make each other's lives easier, you know, and we all have stuff going on. Phoebe's is the most public right now. But, yeah, I think that she's just so relieved to finally have the story out there, which I resonate with. You know, people know now. I think it was more stressful for her to just contain that knowledge and wonder if people are being hurt continually but now there's things in place that are gonna you know stop ryan from hurting more people hopefully and i'm i'm just glad that she's so brave and i think it's really gonna be it's gonna save a lot of people and it's already been inspiring to me to like speak up against things like that and i hope that that's the effect that it has in the long term but even you know bringing it up like you said in a song like bite the hand i mean that has so much power and and does so much good you know, for, for everything, for everyone. Thank you. Yeah. So um, with this project here, you know, I, I see there's more touring throughout the year. Uh, any other tricks up your sleeve that uh, you're going to be coming down the line? I mean, I, I hear you're already thinking about that next record even. I don't know if there's any tricks per se. I mean, I'm definitely working on the next record because I'm always writing. And I, we actually started demoing yesterday, which was super exciting, just uh, at my house, putting down some guitar and vocals to start thinking about arrangements. But yeah, I don't know what the timeline is of that yet. It's, such, it's in such a nascent state, but it, it's really exciting to me. The songs are really freaking me out. Like they're they're much different thematically, at least by in my head they seem really different to me. I, I feel like I'm in a different state of mind than I was with historian, and I don't know, making me kind of nervous and excited. And yeah, it, it'll probably be a while before it comes out, but it'll come out. Can, can I ask about like what the type of things you're writing about this time around that's possibly freaking you out? <laughs> yeah, it's you know it's so far away, so who knows what it'll become. But largely, it has to do with girlhood and just like early friendships and family and all the weirdness that goes on, you know, while you're learning what the world is and what you have to unlearn, you know, over time. And yeah, that's, I I might stop there. Yeah, no, that's, that's all right. I understand. While we're talking about that though, I just read, you were talking about your tuning that you play in an open tuning because I didn't know anything about that. And it's sounded like a really interesting way to write. Yeah. So I really wanted to be able to play the songs I was writing because I've always written lyrics and melody together, but I couldn't play in an instrument and so I basically twisted the knobs on the guitar until it sounded good without any finger placement so the, the tuning's D A D F sharp A D so it's like open D and I used to just bar at any fret and it would be a chord essentially since it's an open tuning and that allowed me to play shows before I was a guitarist you know it allowed me to like share the songs which I think is way more important to me than whatever music has to offer on its own you know the message is more vital and you know since then I've like settled into the tuning and I do 
slightly more complicated things. But yeah, I've, I've recommended it to people who really just want to start putting an instrument to their thoughts. And um, it's it's like a really accessible way to start playing guitar. Yeah. Well, I love what you do, and we're big fans around here. Uh, thank you for taking the time to talk to me today, and I look forward to hearing all the songs that come out this year. Yeah, thank you for taking the time as well. It's been a good a good chat. Yeah, all right, Lucy. Take care, and we'll see you around. You too. All right, bye. bye. My thanks to Lucy Dacus for the call right there. The EP that she'll be dropping tracks from all throughout the year is called 2019. Hey, if you haven't already, uh, please do remember to hit the subscribe button wherever you're listening from, wherever you get your favorite podcasts from. Of course, you can subscribe to us on iTunes and Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or YouTube. After that, head over to WFPK.org. That's where I do a show every Monday through Thursday from noon to 3 Eastern. We can also find some bonus episodes of this series over there. Consequenceofsound.net has all your music and film news needs. You can find me at Twitter at Kyle Meredith and Facebook slash Kyle Meredith. Does it for another edition. I'm Kyle Meredith. I'll see you next time. Consequence Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.